Check one, two. Check, check, check. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Forging the Path. I am with my buddy Luke once again. This is a podcast. I'm Adam, by the way. Not that that matters, but this is I was going to introduce you if you, um, thank if you. you forgot that. Oh, thanks, bro. Yeah, yeah. Um, what doesn't matter so much is our names, but what does matter is uh, the desire in our hearts that we see in the Word of God about uh, men rising up as husbands and fathers, as uh, people in their churches and communities who sacrificially serve others around them. So Luke, welcome. Thanks, man. It's great to be here. I'm super excited. All right, Luke, let's first start with this. Um, this is obviously a podcast mostly for men, although I would love to get some of our wives uh, and their voices uh, in, in some of these episodes. Yeah. I just think they have so much wisdom to share. And, yeah, 100%. Um, anyway, but for now, um, let me ask you this. How do men and women both, in awesome ways, when they're at their healthiest, how do they both reflect the image of God equally but but yet uniquely? It's a... That's a big question. Um, <clears throat> I thought I'd give you an easy one to study. <laughs> um, I think, so, you know, Genesis talks about men and women being created in in the image of God. And um, there's obviously, you know, there's obvious differences called out in Scripture between men and women women. Um, God calls us to do different things, to focus on uh, different things. And <clears throat> I think when you, it, it's hard to define this in terms of roles. I think it's better to define this more in terms of our, our natures. So <clears throat> you look at um, the nature of what a man is or a nature of what a woman is, and if you, and you look at how we're, how we're all hardwired, um, you'll see that men are tend to be hardwired towards masculinity, and women are hardwired towards femininity, and both of those are uh, part of the image of God. God created both of those things. God created both of those things, uh, and they were meant to be good, um, and they are both equally. Of value, both equally valued, right? Like one isn't better than the other. Both are, um, both are needed. Both are necessary. Both are required. Both are are valuable, right? Absolutely. Um, so when we look at it from that angle, where men are hardwired to be masculine, women are hardwired to be feminine, then you can unpack those attributes of what masculinity is and what femininity is and go get go a bit further um to what that image of each and why it's unique um so men for example um you know we're uh, hardwired to be i think uh to be more about conflict and pushing boundaries and I mean, conflict in a good way like so we we want to fight we want to fight for what's right and what's good. We talked about this a little bit in the last podcast. Uh, women are more about refinement and being beautiful, right? And so you can, and you can see that in 
physically, right, between uh, how we've been designed. Uh, so men are built for strength and women are built towards beauty, right? And so I think there's there's a lot of ways to to look at it, but if you can step back and look at our natures, that will show and indicate how we reflect God's image uniquely. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't, I mean, it doesn't take much to just look at, uh, for me, I, I grew up with just brothers. So me and my two brothers and man, growing up uh, age like five, six, seven, eight, nine, everything is a sword. And like <laughs> every, no, everything, everything's a weapon, <laughs> everything's a sword or a gun or a weapon. And we were, you know, back at that time, we, you know, we were, we were either, you know, Ninja Turtles or Power Rangers That's or right. you know, like, yeah. and, and other boys in the neighborhood, you come yeah. up, you know, and as we got older, it's, you know, it started to turn into like, you know, home run derbies and, you know, three on three basketball in the driveway, stuff like that. But you're, right. you're right. Everything was competition everything was aggressive everything was now i am the father of three daughters and you're the father of (laughs) four four daughters daughters. (laughs) i didn't didn't grow up with sisters did you no No. i had a a a younger brother yeah 100 neither of us grew up with sisters and now we're raising daughters it is different And like, with, if you don't believe that men and women are different, just have kids, you know, and you'll just see it right away, right out of the gate. Like there's, there's a difference between boys and girls. And Well, the question know. I wrestled with growing up was looking to my dad and wanting to know I was strong. Dad, hey, dad, look at me in a flex. Dad, yeah. look, look at me go off this bike ramp. Dad, oh, yeah, oh and, and I just wanted to hear... My dad, and my dad was a great dad, by the way. I just wanted to hear my, and my mom was a great mom too, but I wanted to hear him say, yeah, buddy, you're, oh, look at you, wild man. You are strong. You are fast. You're powerful. Now I'm raising daughters and now they're, they're teenagers, but they still ask this in their own ways. When they were younger, they asked this very vulnerably and obviously, mm-hmm. and they wanted to know something a little different. Hey yeah. dad, don't I look pretty? Yeah. Hey, Dad, look at me in this dress. Hey, Dad, look, I did my nails. Hey, Dad, I did my makeup. And what they're wondering is from their dad, am I beautiful? Am I valuable? Am I valuable? Do you treasure me? That's right. Am I captivating? 100%. You know? Uh, And they're they're two different questions, but they're both speaking to identity. They're both speaking to worth. And they're both speaking to how they uniquely reflect aspects of God's nature. That's right. And I, I think that becomes, um, I mean, the kids are, kids are asking that question of who am I um, throughout their entire childhood, right? But I think it, it becomes um, even more um, important is kids are really picking up on that when they get into their teenage years, too. Like they're, that's where the most impressionable, I think, on on who they are, who they are, and what their identity is. Yes. Um, so we have to, especially as, as fathers of our homes, um, as men, that's one of the big things we really need to be uh, take initiative on is making sure our kids understand who they are, right, and defining it the right way, defining how God defines uh, men and women. And so I think you're you're spot on with. Um, with that, the, the the undercurrent of what girls are asking when they say, "Dad, look at me in this dress," you know, or "Watch me dance," or "Watch me," yeah. you know, do this 
cool flip on the trampoline, sure, right? Sure. And it's, um, I, I think the undercurrent what they're what they're asking for underneath all that is, am I, am I valuable? Do I have worth? Right. Yeah. Um, and I and it's interesting that um, I've noticed that my daughters come to me for that answer more than they go to my wife. Hmm. Um, they go like they go to my wife to feel um, nurtured, nurtured where, but yeah. they come to me more often. Not saying they don't ever go to Nikki for this, but like they come to me more often for the question on who am I? Yeah. Right. And, I, and we didn't teach him that. Like I, Nikki and I didn't teach, say, Hey, for those questions, you need to go to Luke for these questions. You go to, you go to Nikki. No, like no, we never, they, this is just how they're wired. Like we like, kind of know that. Yeah. We, we don't overcomplicate our parenting. We don't have like this huge structure. Like, okay, for this, we're going to teach him this for this. We're going to teach him that. Like, no, 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 no. Like we don't get that and granular it, detail. We don't have time. So it's, it's been that way by and large for thousands of 100%. years yeah. for, of many yeah. different cultures, That's right. the, this masculine and this feminine. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, it, it is, it's, it's, it is plain to see. I, I think we, um, you know, gosh, we could go on another huge rabbit trail here on why we're at where we're at. But I do think generally speaking, we, we very much overcomplicate this in our culture, right? Yes. In order to get, I think in order to get what our culture wants, they do a lot of mental gymnastics to get to where they want to go with defining, well, the difference between men, men and women. It's not, it's not hard. It's very plain to see. It's very obvious. Um, and denying that is and saying it's something else I think is, uh, leads towards things being quite complicated. Yeah. Well, it's, it's living incongruently with the way that God has designed things. Yep. And there, there's a design here. There's a design in the masculine feminine, just like there were, there were designs for the, for the temple. There were designs for, you know, um, e- even in the New Testament, there's design for church. Uh, yeah. When you don't follow God's design, things get messed up. Uh, it's interesting what you were saying, though, about the questions that they have and who they go to for those questions, because I see that, too. Yeah. I say, especially as my daughters were younger and growing up, and, and they're playing outside, you yeah. know, and when when they skin their knee, when they need a Band-Aid, they didn't want dad as much. Right, yeah, Because yeah. my tendency would be to like... That's a great point. Kind of, hey, I, I'd clap and they'd fall down and be like, you're okay, oh, way to go for it. There's some dirt rubbing it. <laughs> you tried to do something cool on your scooter and yeah. you got hurt, like, that's okay. Yeah, uh, let's. Yeah. And, and they were like, dad, I just want a hug. Yeah. Not, stop saying it's okay every yeah. time I get hurt. Yeah, I need yeah, you yeah. To. And, and I think they had a point. I could have yeah. been maybe more sensitive, but... They know that, uh, so they go to their mom for that. The yep. Nurturing, it's like, oh, I need a hug and a kiss, mom. Mm-hmm. Mom yep. all day long. Yep. Now, when I need protection, mm-hmm. dad all day long. I, my daughters have, have told me, like, whenever, whenever you know, if, if I fear something, if, if I think someone's, totally. if I have a nightmare, it's, if I, someone's trying to break in the house, like, dad! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, uh, the point you're making actually just, came out like this is it wasn't yesterday it was two days ago um my six-year-old uh was on <laughs> so we're, we're trying to get a handle on technology in our home and i think our, our eight-year-old our, our kids generally do a pretty good job with this but i think our eight-year-old found some zombie peppa pig thing i guess on youtube mm. <laughs> I, I i don't know and um showed it to our, our six-year-old right and oh boy freaked out freaked her out yeah 
course. And Nikki and I were both there, right? Like we're both present, but a six-year-old, who'd they go to? She went, she went to me because she was scared. She wanted to feel protected, right? And so I was the one that was able to calm her down because of who I am as a father, who I'm portraying, you know, be, being that protector, letting her know, giving her assurance that she's safe, she's protected, and I've got it under control. Like that um, gives her what she's looking for, right? She didn't go to Nikki for that. Like if she had skinned her knee, right, she probably would have went to, to my wife and just say, hey, you know, help me feel, um, well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nurture me. Yeah. Help nurture me. Feel, me. Help there me you feel go. better. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get it. It's funny how when my first daughter was born, I, I it helped me better understand the wrath of God a little bit. Because before that, it's, it, you know, it's, I accepted it, but it was always a little bit of a question mark. I don't really understand. Like, you're loving, but you're also, you, you have vengeance. You're, you're kind of scary. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just can't wrap my head around it, but I'm just going to trust you anyway. And, then I had a daughter and we put her in her crib. You know, there's, there's windows outside of her room. Mm-hmm. And I just had a, a thought of like, Hey Adam, as a dad now, as a new dad, do you have, uh, uh, an action plan about these windows here in your daughter's room? Hmm. Like what if someone tries to break in your house and they choose that window right, right next to your baby's crib. Right. And what, swelled up inside of me was this sudden desire to do extreme harm to anybody who would ever dare do that. That's right. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, I understand God's wrath a little bit better. Yeah. He he will wage war against anything that would harm his people, even if it's another human. Yeah. Like, he's protective and jealous of his children. That's right. And so I, I like, oh, that's a fatherly, like, oh, 100%. Claire was not necessarily thinking that yeah. she was thinking the, you know, the color of the room and the paint and the cute animals that we're going to paint on the wall here. And, yeah, I, and yeah. I'm thinking of like, this thing needs to be protected. Yeah, <laughs> what yeah. am I going to do? It? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just interesting how it seems to be innately wired within us by design, unless we purposely try and screw that up. Right. hundred percent. And I, I, I also would say that um, I, I don't think we're saying it's not that women can't protect their kids, right? If I'm sure, like, oh, there's mama bear. There's right a, there. Yeah, I was going to say, there's a mama bear in all, uh-huh. in all our moms. But I would say that it's, I don't think women are um, looking to be the primary person for that responsibility, right? Like they, I, I don't think women want to be the one that's, Hey, my, it's my main responsibility to defend my home, to protect my family. Like they, they will do that. They're capable of do that. There's plenty of women out there that probably could kick my butt. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> but, um, I, I think that it, what's hardwired is for men to take that initiative and to be the primary person that has that responsibility in the home to protect it. That's right. Yeah. Yep. That's right. And so now as men, uh, let's just, let's just start with our role in marriage. Uh, Luke, tell me a little bit about uh, what does it mean to have biblical masculinity be a reality in our marriages today? And how would that have its effects on our society? Okay, so I, I think 
Um, we talked last time about masculinity being the glad assumption of sacrificial responsibility. And I think... Love that one. Yeah. And I, I think that is... We can apply that that principle here to, to marriage as as well. So it's loving our wives sacrificially, right? It's taking responsibility to make sure that our wives are being cared for. Um, and to where we're setting ourselves aside, setting our needs um, and wants and desires aside for their sake. Um, and we actually, it's, it's, it's like this ironic catch 20, well, not catch 22, but it's this ironic thing is like when we do that, when we actually set ourselves aside to care for our wives, uh, in marriage, uh, we actually get satisfied satisfaction from that. Yeah. Right. Um, we, yeah. we think that if we pursue, um, a career or sports or whatever it is, like you're talking earlier about, you know, coming home and binging Netflix, right? Like we think like we'll get, um, satisfied when we set those things aside and focus on others, um, put, putting our, our wives first, uh, that is actually what's in our, in the end is going to actually satisfy us. I think. I agree. Um, yeah. And it's hard though. Uh, Cause we've both been there, you yeah. and I, Luke, and, and almost every, every guy who's sincere about this stuff and, 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 and on the journey to growing more and more into, into their, uh, calling as, as men, husbands, fathers, leaders, servant leaders, uh, you, you, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times it's like you, you get home after a long day and all, all you want to do is, you know, pound dinner and then and then watch the game or, you know, kick your feet up on the couch and and, and kind of I call it feed the beast. You feed the beast. Just I want to have a beer and I want to watch a movie. Um, and then, I you know, I, I just want to check out. But that's. And on the surface, it seems like that will be enjoyable, but it, it it truly, truly, I can tell you, even though it it takes a little bit of grace and death to self to to do this, it is so much more enjoyable in the long run to have a habit of coming home. And maybe you need to pray a little bit in the car, in the driveway or garage or whatever, but you need to surrender right there and say, all right, Lord, now I'm going to my most important ministry. Uh, now I'm going to love my wife. I'm going to help with dinner. I'm going to be present with my kids. Um, we'll do a little family devotional. I'm going to lead them in prayer or whatever. I'm going to encourage, I'm going to ask about their day. And then I'm going to help with the cleanup after dinner. And then maybe we're going to, you know, spend time as a family. We're going to play a game. We're going to go on a walk. Maybe we'll watch a family movie together and I'll help tuck the kids in. And then I'm going to ask my wife, I'm going to sincerely look her in the eyes and say, hey, babe, how was your day today? And what can I do so that tomorrow will be a great day for you? How can I serve you tomorrow? Is there anything you need? I, you name it, running errands, help around the house, laundry. What, what can I do to serve you better tomorrow? Like living with that approach. I'm not saying I do it perfectly. I don't. I don't. But I have, I have a target that I'm aiming at. And it looks a little something like what I just described. And I found that if I aim at that every day with intentionality, the amount of joy and satisfaction and laughter in my life is way more than 
living for myself and, you yeah. know, just kind of giving my family my leftovers. Yeah. And I, I 100% agree. Um, to add to that, I would say that I can't love my wife well if I'm not first connecting with Jesus. Right. Ah. If I, I, I need. Let's go. Yeah. I need him first. Right. And, and that my my relationship with Jesus and the fruits from that need to be what's overflowing into my relationship with my yeah. wife. And then from that into my kids and then into my household. Right. Thank you. Because you could yeah. have heard what I just said and think, oh, I just need to try harder and do right. right, 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 right. And, Which and I know Luke, that's not what you're saying. I love it, man. No, I love it. Keep, keep going on that. So how does that look like for you? How do you make sure that you're putting Christ first and letting his grace <laughs> yeah. be the fuel for all of that, that, that we're trying to describe here. Yeah. I, I fail a lot in this. So I, I think my reminders come through me botching it at home. We're like, Oh yeah. The reason why I, I, I didn't love my wife well today is because, Oh wait, I didn't, I, I'm not connecting with Jesus. And so, sure. um, one of the things, some of this is, um, well, one one things I've noticed in some of the guys in our church that are doing that I'm I'm learning from and is they're getting up they get up before their wives get up they're getting up before their kids are up, and they're taking that time in the morning to spend it with with Jesus to be in the Word, to look at what Jesus is saying and then walk in obedience uh, towards what Jesus has commanded, um, and making sure that um, you're satisfied there first. So yeah. making the time Amen. and the priority. Um, to be, to put Jesus before the entire day starts. I think that's, that's, that's a helpful, um, discipline, I would say. Um, it doesn't have to be that, but I would say you need to make time in your day, uh, to making, to making sure that your relationship with Jesus is, is good and, and healthy. Um, and then in, in, in his primary Right, it starts with him. It starts with Jesus, and then um, for only from there, then you can jump into then how do how do I love my wife well? Right, otherwise you're just going to do it under your own strength. You're going to do it under your own wisdom or whatever, and you're going to burn out quick. Right, and that's going to lead you to wanting to come home and be like, you know what, I just want a beer, want to watch the game, you know, whatever it is. So like, because you're just going to find band-aids to put over what you really uh, are searching for and it's it's jesus in the end yeah and that's real like it's i mean we talk about you know we're saying i think cliche things about oh, you just need more time with jesus but, but like what we're talking about is is like real stuff like this isn't just like you know do these 10 things and you know first read your bible first then pray and then like no like jesus is real the relationship with him is real. He really does change and satisfy hearts. He really does make you into his likeness. Like, like I, I started, like I said in the last podcast, I started following Jesus when I was 21. And before that, like I had no affection, no desire for, for him, uh, for what, let alone what the Bible said. And my heart literally changed overnight. All of a sudden, I had this new set of desires that came out of nowhere for God. And it's through 
I, I guess what I'm trying to say is like this isn't just made up set of legalistic rules that were your religion that we're trying to follow like the relationship with jesus is a real thing and everything i've read in the bible since i became a christian at 21 it's all been true like it's not it's do i struggle with doubt sometimes sure but like this is it's it's real and so yeah oh dude yeah keep preaching dude (laughs) thank you yeah the this is our only hope is Jesus. Our only hope is in his gospel. Our only hope is in his truth. And so that that has to be our anchor. We need to be rooted and established in the love of the Father if we want to have power. And so I, I yes and amen to all of that. I'd never ever want to put the cart before the horse. Yeah. yeah. Now what I will say, and I hope this this is more like a dovetail and, and it doesn't sound like a contradiction. All I will say is that grace is this, is this, we all need it. It's, I, I can't, we can't follow Jesus without it. Mm-hmm. And grace is opposed to earning. It's opposed to earning. There's no earning with grace, but, or maybe I should say, and, <laughs> and grace is not opposed to effort. What I mean by that is it's hard for me to get up early and spend time with Jesus who loves me so deeply. Mm-hmm. And, and his love is the motivating factor for me wanting to get up early. I have to remind myself, like, he loved me first. He loved me first. Jesus did things that he maybe didn't feel like it in the moment, but he did them out of love for us and out of obedience to his father. So I... Uh, there's a moment at 5 a.m. or 5.30 or whatever it is for you or anybody, there's a moment where I'm like, oh, it'd be so nice to sleep another, <laughs> another half hour. Uh-huh. You know? Now, gr- grace isn't going to earn me anything. Yeah. But that same grace that saved me is, is going to motivate me to die to myself a little bit in that moment and put forth a little bit of effort and get up, put on the coffee, open up my Bible and say, here I am, Lord. God, thank is, you for a new day. Is coffee first or Jesus first? Teach me. Yeah, well, <laughs> can I say that that the Lord gave us the gift of coffee? Yeah, <laughs> Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Can I do that? So, does, but does that make sense, Luke? And do you yeah. think that would be helpful for some guys? Like this key takeaway of like, hey, guys, listen, as you're trying to be godly husbands, leaders, everything like that, grace, 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 you need it, I need it, and Jesus gives it freely thank you jesus it's opposed to your earning but it's not opposed to your effort and it will in fact be the thing that empowers you the very thing that empowers you to put forth that little bit of effort and and just really be empowered by him yeah i i I think that's i've actually i'm glad you said that and i haven't heard it framed that way before and i think that's, that's that's very helpful awesome yeah so uh, let's let's go, go back a little bit to, you know, we got a couple minutes here. Let's end on some practical things that we can do as husbands. Let's just focus on that. We'll, we'll look at the father, you know, hat uh, another time. But as husbands for two minutes, hey, what are some things that you've learned, Luke, that have been helpful for you to really step up and grow as a husband? Again, it's not about, you know, being perfect on this side of eternity. It's more about continuing to grow, continuing to be obedient to Christ and shaped into his image as a husband. Um, There's a lot 
to say on this, and I've got I've got a lot of, a lot of growth still to go in my own life on this, but I love learning about it. I love continuing to be refined um, and becoming a better better husband. So I'm not not perfect in any stretch of the imagination. Um, yeah, we'll have it, Mickey on here someday. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, I I would say I mean just to reiterate what we said before, like it's just seeing the importance um, in my marriage, like having to put Jesus first and go after him first. Otherwise I'm going to suck like with everything else. Like yeah. if he's not first in my life, if I'm not going hard after him, if I'm not in his word, if I'm not in prayer, depending on him, leaning on him, uh, obeying him, everything else kind of will fall apart pretty quickly. Um, and then the other thing too is, I mean, again, Way a lot more to say on this, but what popped in my head was it just, um, just every like needing to continue. Like I've been married now for eleven years. Hmm. Yeah, nice. Eleven, eleven and a half years ish. Yeah, eleven and a half years. Um, so it just having not having to, but um, continuing to just pursue my wife. And, and being intentional about that and going after her heart and showing her that I care, um, each and every day. Like it doesn't like before you get married, you know, you're pursuing the woman, right. And you're pursuing her to, with the intention of marriage and, um, that, that shouldn't stop. Like once you get married, like you should continue to go after her and show her, every day that she's extremely valuable. Right. And, um, they, you, uh, so I would say those again, way a lot more to say on that topic, but those are kind of the two things that just popped in my head. Yeah. That's, those are good takeaways. Those are good takeaways. So let's just pray quick to end this episode. Father, will you help us as husbands to lock arms with Jesus and pursue our wives? find ways to show them that they're valuable, that they're loved, uh, to sacrificially serve them. We need your grace, Lord. Uh, In fact, without it, we're hopeless. But you have a calling for us to lead and serve really well in in that area as husbands. And I believe, Lord, that if, if we step up and do that day by day, um, that we, we will see areas of our household, we will see areas of our lives, we'll, we'll see communities and churches changed as a result. So in Jesus' name, help us do it. Amen. Hey, Colin, let's let's keep, there's one more thing I want to say. I don't know if you can splice this back. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, or we can just keep it here, man. Yeah, right, go keep, ahead. One more the, thing, the, extra uh, bonus feature. Bonus feature. So we talked about just, so Jesus first, making sure your relationship is with him. Um, being intentional towards pursuing your wife. Um, but the other thing I've learned is there's this, there's just a general theme of intentionality, right? Men need to lead in their marriage, right? Um, and they need to take the initiative in, in leading. Um, so where there is problems, where, um, you know, when you make family decisions or decisions in your marriage where there's risks to be taken, though the 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 risks and the the consequences of those risks should be borne the responsibility for that should be borne by the man i mm. i i don't think um when you put that pressure on 
the woman to um, to take that responsibility or to take the risk or to lead. It's not that they can't. They they can. And some, but I think our how we're wired was designed for the man to bear that burden, not for the woman. The woman was there to enhance the decisions that end up being made, to enhance what's being provided, and to multiply it and to glorify it. Um, the so that would be the other thing is the the men's primary responsibility would be to make sure that he's taking the initiative and responsibility for the outcomes of his household. Yeah. 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 That, and that you men, men, you will feel uh, more alive as you do that increasingly. So yeah. the metaphor I've heard from a pastor in the past is it's a lot like semi trucks. They were designed to carry a trailer, a heavy trailer full. And actually people know this who drive a lot, like, an empty semi on the road is far more dangerous than a one that's loaded mm. yeah. just because of how it was designed yeah. to accelerate, to shift, to brake, to steer and everything. So uh, I love that men kind of have that, uh, you know, hey, you were you were born by God's grace yep. to ha- and only by his grace to handle some of the weight of those responsibilities yep. to avoid them is far more dangerous. Yep. That's right. Great analogy. <laughs>